welcome to Home Space and Reason, a podcast about creating a home that thrives. Hi there, I'm Christina Browning, your host. Episode 59. Let's rethink your garage with special guest Mark Green. If you know your home could be so much more than it is, I discuss home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. I'm a realtor in Portland, Oregon, and a home functionality coach nationwide. I geek out on every subject imaginable regarding your home and yard, challenging you to think of your space differently to get the most out of every square foot, no matter if you reside in 4,500 square feet or 350. I pose questions for you to think through about your space and reason. This podcast is all positive, offering you virtual fist bumps and celebrating every win. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best every day. In this episode, let's discuss garages, its functionality and aesthetics. When I say garage, what comes to mind for you? Maybe it's disaster or where everything goes that doesn't have a place inside the house. Maybe it's the home for your hobby if you happen to be a lover of an automobile or woodworking. Maybe it's an afterthought and you've never even taken the time to think about your garage at all. There are no wrong answers here, just food for thought. If you are fortunate enough to have a garage, it's often the biggest room in the home and most often the most neglected. Some people think of a garage as being a place to put things that are unsightly or maybe incomplete. Oftentimes, garages accumulate more and more things. The boxes may live there that you never got around to unpacking when you moved in. It may be your storage unit and you actually park your vehicles outside. I know more than a handful of people in this exact scenario. Today, I want to challenge you to think of your garage as a highly functional extension of your home if you aren't using it in that way already. In an earlier episode, I have often mentioned a phrase I was once asked by a very smart man. And if you've been listening to this podcast all along, you've heard me say it, Christina, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. Mark Green was a mentor of mine before I had any idea what a mentor was. He was the original person who asked me that question all those years ago, and I learned a great deal from him during that time. So let me tell you a little bit about Mark and why it is that he is the ideal guest to be discussing garages. He has been married for 36 years to his wife, Jill, and together they have two grown children. They call Gig Harbor, Washington, their home where they reside with one fabulous garage. He is the producer and host of Cars Yeah, a podcast with interviews of over 1,700 inspiring automotive enthusiasts. 
Mark talks with leaders in the automotive sector about how they've wrapped their passion into their careers and lives. He's worked in the automotive industry for over 35 years in marketing and product development and sales. He raced vintage cars for 12 years, and he produced his own Cars Yeah! TV show in 2019. He is a great example of how setting your home up to support your passions can truly be life-changing. Whether you have a passion for cars or making pottery, we can learn a lot from him about the functionality and aesthetics of our garage. Well, congratulations on your show, what you're doing, and I'm very honored to be a guest here. Hopefully we can get people to think differently about the biggest room in the house. At the garage. One of the pillars of this show is getting the most out of every square foot. So in essence, you're wasting the largest amount of square footage on becoming basically a storage room, a trash room, a place to throw stuff that you probably will never use again. Why do that? Because the garage can become so much more. I just look at that space going, wow, you got this tremendous opportunity depending on who you are, your personality, and all the things you want to do with your life. Most people, their cars are parked in the driveway or on the street, and the garage is just full of a bunch of things they'll never use again. And it's not organized. It's not thought through. Yeah, it's either wasted or underutilized in so many people's homes. To wrap our heads around this subject matter, let's start with a bit of history on the garage. The first garages were created for parking the horse carriage and all the tack that went along with them. Carriage houses were essentially modified barns. They had doors that swung open like a barn, lots of storage like a barn, and of course, horses. So in the early 1900s, when the almighty automobile became a thing and was finally affordable to the masses, the logical place to keep them was in the carriage house. By 1921, garages had overhead doors, and in 1926, C.G. Johnson developed the first automatic garage door opener. Builders in the 1940s began building homes with attached garages so people could park their car and proceed straight into their homes without going outside. After World War II, cars got bigger and so did garages. By the 1960s, garages had expanded to take over 45% of the average home's square footage. When I go online and I look at really cool houses on YouTube, because I love modern houses and, and I love the stuff that you do and you're in real estate. Even when I look at houses for sale, where's the garage? Where's the garage? They never show me the garage. Well, you know why? Because when they stage the house, everything gets thrown in the garage when even builders are building houses, I've walked through new homes and the doors locked. They, where's the garage? Oh, I can't go out there. That's where all the boxes are and stuff. Well, that's the first room I'm going to go into. I want to see the garage. So why waste all that square footage when you could create so many things out of a garage, much more than just a place to park your vehicles and store your junk? You need to think about 
how are you going to use this space? And I think a lot of people don't even realize that that question exists. Right? If they're listening to this podcast, they're likely tuning in just because of these kinds of questions, because I love to pose questions about our space and think through the reasons for our choices. But we'll dive into the different ways to make it a cool room, because I've got a lot of ideas for you. My garage, I decided when I originally moved in the house, it's going to be a working garage. I'm going to park my cars in there. I have a collector cars, motorcycles and things, but I want it to be a place I can work on my car, whether it's detailing or doing mechanical work. Now, I used to do a lot more mechanical work than I do now. Our garage is extra wide. You can park three cars in there. There's one big door and one smaller door. My collector car has always gone at the end there. So that's the special place. The two, the big door is where both the daily drivers come in and go out. How are you going to use your room? Well, you think about this. It's a place to park your cars. Okay. If you don't really care about cars, that space could be used for incredible opportunities. Let's say you're a gardener. could have a gardening shelf for planting and so forth. You can do that inside where you're not outside in the rain or in the mud or depending on the snow, wherever you live could be a gaming room and have all their friends come over and you don't have to worry about them wrecking your house. It could be a TV room where your husband could go out with his buddies and watch sports and you can shut the door and not listen to them. It could be a room where you, if you love to do artwork, I've seen people that are painters or sculptors, they throw pottery. You could even have a kiln out there. Think of your garage as a studio. So you can set it up to work with whatever you want to do in your life why waste all that space with just storing stuff? Start with the surfaces. So first things first, drywall it and put some insulation in there. You might live where it's cold and you want to make that room warmer. I live up here in the Pacific Northwest. I'm in Gig Harbor. If you're going to go to the trouble of drywalling walls, call an electrician and really think about where do you need outlets? Because most garages have the minimum number of outlets put in them as per code which is typically two, maybe three, and one on the ceiling for the garage door. Well, what a waste, because then you've got to have extension cords and cords everywhere. Really think about how you're going to use that space. Have an electrician come out. Don't do it yourself, and I'll tell you why. Even if you're good at that, if you make a mistake and your house burns down, heaven forbid, your insurance companies go, who wired your home? Was it a licensed electrician? Uh... My husband did it. Have a licensed electrician do it. Have it signed off to code. That's really important because a gentleman you and I used to work with lost his home to a fire. He almost didn't get insurance coverage because of that. So that's really, really important. So before we close up the walls with drywall, is there anything we need to think about that should go behind the drywall besides just running electrical. If you want to put in an air system, you can even put some air lines behind the walls like I have in my garage with an air compressor and a fold down reel so I can fill up the tires with air or use that air to blow off a work surface to clean out my garage or use power tools that are used by air. That's another thing to think about. What's next? Lighting. Most garages have one little crummy light bulb. Again, that's all the developer puts in. That's to code. Who wants to be in a room with one tiny dim bulb? Get some great lighting, and there's some tremendous lighting options these days. Now, I have gas-filled halide lights in my garage. When my garage lights are on, my neighbor thinks there's a nuclear power plant on the street because it glows. You don't have to spend a fortune like I did, but you can. I had mine built into the ceiling. They're basically industrial lights. 
but you can go and get T5 bulbs and really think about the lighting. And if your garage doors come up and they go up along the ceiling, think about if you're going to have the garage door open and working, are those lights are going to be blocked off or not? Excellent point. As we age, light becomes more important. And especially if you're working on your cars. And I noticed around the age 45, I started, I'd be under the hood doing things on my car. I was racing cars at the time. And like, why am I having trouble seeing things? I'm trying to put the slotted screwdriver into that fastener. And I can't find what's going on. So I went to see my, my eye doctor and she goes, I've, I know the problem, Mark, with this very serious look. What's that? You're getting old. You need reading glasses, dude. You know, so our eyes change as we get older. So putting great lighting in a garage, just that alone will change your whole perspective. When I bring people into my garage and I flip that light on, they go, oh my gosh. (laughs) Let's talk about flooring, shall we? Flooring can be as important as the walls and the ceiling. The typical garage just has concrete, which is boring and dull and ugly oil drips on it it soaks into it it looks terrible when you have a coating of some kind of floor coating you can wipe up any clean any messes here's the other great thing is if you pull your car out and you see a drop of oil you know you've got a problem with your car that you may never even notice and you could put off getting a car fixed by not knowing it's leaking oil and before you know it you got a serious mechanical problem so there's there's the advantage Put a flooring in that makes sense for what you're going to do in your garage. Now, I live up here where it's wet, so our cars live in the garage. Kind of a crazy car nut, right? So my cars would never sleep outside. My cars get pulled in when they're wet, so they drip. And originally, my floor was painted with a ceramic floor paint that looks beautiful, high gloss, but it can get dangerously slippery if it gets wet. So it might work well for drier parts of the country. So you can put that kind of flooring down that you can do yourself or you can have a professional come in that they can put a grit into it. So it's got some texture. I put a rubberized flooring. It's industrial rollout flooring. It's a coin top pattern, but it comes in different colors and different patterns. The most important thing about painting anything, a car, your house, your floor is to prep it properly because paint, no matter how good you lay paint down, if it's not prepped properly. So on a concrete floor, concrete is extremely porous. That's why when you spill things on concrete, you get stains because there's no barrier there. So you'll see when you go out and buy, let's say you're going to put a a paint down. There's different types of epoxy paints that you can put down. I always suggest hire a professional to do it right. But if you don't want to do that and you want to save some money, there's different paints out there. Arizona Polymer is a great company to go to. You want to prep it right. And there's a couple different ways to do it. One is you can use a bead blasting machine or hire somebody to come in where they actually blast the paint surface and put a tooth to it because you need a texture for that paint to stick to. It's not like painting a house where you want it super smooth. Uh, You want a little bit of a texture. You can acid etch, which is not as horrible as it sounds. It's very easy to do with muriatic acid. And then you just hose it out. And these paints actually are water-based. So you can paint right on a wet floor and lay that paint down. They also have these little granules of color chips that you can sprinkle across to give it kind of a texture and a look, Uh, different color paints, different color flex. And here's another thing. You need to test your floor to make sure you don't have what's called hydrostatic pressure. That is moisture underneath the slab. Up here in the Northwest, we have a lot of moisture under the ground because it rains all the time. That's what happened in my garage. The paint failed. I couldn't figure out why it failed because I went, I did everything right. I sold this product for years. I sourced it. Turns out I had 
moisture under my slab because for some reason up here, they're not required to put a vapor barrier down. You can have that done if you're building a home and I would highly recommend it. If you put saran down and put tape around it and let it sit for a few days in your garage and do it when it's cold, it's winter time. If you see moisture, you've got moisture coming up through that slab. It's very normal. It happens. But if you try to put paint down, it's not going to stick for the long term. There are companies that will come in and put vapor barrier type paint down. It's very industrial. It takes specialized applications. And if you want the painted floor, I would do it that way. In my case, that's why I went with that rubberized mat that I put down in my garage because I figured, you know what? I can't do anything about that. I, I don't want to rip up my whole floor. But what I'm on the verge of doing is something really crazy. And that is ceramic tile. Yeah. It's made for the garage. It's a company that is in Spain. They make these tiles for industrial manufacturing facilities like BMW and Porsche. So nice. You'll see these tiles all throughout Europe in repair shops. And it's designed for high impact so you can drop hammers on it and things that it won't break. And it's going to look really cool. Yeah. So uh, very expensive. Uh, I happen to have some that I bought years ago and I never put it in the garage. It's just been sitting in storage under my house. But that'll make my garage look like a professional factory from BMW or Porsche. And you know, I love those two cars and I've got those two cars in my garage. So that's going to be my home improvement come springtime. My wife, Jill's getting some new bathrooms out of the deal. So uh, we're doing a little uh, uh, bartering, I guess, on the system. I get the garage done. She gets that. My garage can get damp because it's very well insulated and sealed. And when you pull a wet car in there and you shut the door, it evaporates. So I have a dehumidifier. You can buy very expensive units or small roll around units. And that takes all the moisture out of the air. It fills up a big five gallon bucket. In the case of the winter time, that bucket will fill up in two days, believe it or not. And then I use that water to water the plants. I also have a heater in my garage. Now you could go so far as to have your forced air unit used in the garage, but that's a big space and you'd probably have to upgrade your forced air unit. So I found a wall-mounted electric heater that heats my garage just fine. If you have a dehumidifier, you have to keep the temperature at a certain level or it doesn't work properly. For mine, it's about 58 degrees. I keep my garage at around 60 degrees unless I know I'm going to go out there and work in it and I might crank it up a little bit. Those are some different ways you can make it a very comfortable room an enjoyable room and why waste all the space? You could enlighten your world and become an artist or a musician. I have a friend, he's my financial planner. He has his drum set out there because his wife goes crazy when he's drumming in the house. The garage can be a wonderful menagerie of things. You can break it up into sections for different people in your family. The kids could have a corner for crafts. You don't have to worry about them spilling paint on the floor versus your house and tracking around your carpet or your hardwood floors or dropping heavy things and damaging your floors. When you expose people to those opportunities, they think of the garage as a whole nother place. So I say the garage is your oyster. It's your studio. It's your opportunity to expand your life and use that space in a much, much better way. So let's talk about functionality real quick. How is your garage set up? Because I know for hours we have to walk out our back door and through the garage like to take out our recycling. You walk out into our garage and you can walk along a wall and head straight out to the back door where the trash is. And I actually have some really cool carpeting, but it's not normal carpeting. It's a rubber backed carpeting. So moisture doesn't affect it. And so that when you're walking out, you can walk out in bare feet or socks 
and not worry about walking on the cold rubber surface or water doesn't seep onto that surface. So there's actually a strip that runs along. There, there are these square tiles. They kind of interlink together. They come in different colors, uh, but they're really, really nice. And it's, it's cushy and comfort. And, you know, my wife really enjoys it. She even takes the trash out. She likes it so much. So so I'm certain that I've got listeners right now that are very inspired by everything that you're saying, but might be overwhelmed because we need to back up. I don't even know how to start this. And you were the one that said one bite at a time. So where do you start? How do you break this down? So I always tell people, if you have a new home, you can start from scratch like I did, which is fun. But let's say your garage has become a storeroom. I would encourage people to do one thing. Take an inventory of what is out there and get rid of stuff. Lighten the load. And think about things that have been just stored out there forever that you're never going to do and put them into three piles. Yes, I use that same method. Keep, donate, and sell. I have made a fortune selling my stored stuff on eBay. I can't tell you. I did a major purge of my garage six years ago. I made over $40,000. What? Selling stuff on eBay that I had stored away. Because I'm a pack rat. I keep every little trinket and stuff. But I, I did that and I couldn't believe the amount of space that I cleared up. So first we clean it. And then we really consider what it is that we want this space to do for us. Well, you know me, I'm a car guy. I've been a car guy my whole life. So cars are a big part of my life. They always have been with my Cars Yacht podcast. It's all about people who've wrapped their cars into their careers and lives. Jill, my wife, could care less about cars. As long as it starts and gets her to where it's going, we made a deal when we got married. I keep her car clean. She does my laundry. So for 36 years, I've not had to do one load of laundry and she's never had to wash her car. I always know when I'm not doing my part of the deal when I run out of underwear. <laughs> That's fabulous. I love that deal. But for me, it's all about how it's all stored and how everything has its place. And I always know where everything is. I don't have to go look for it. I know that's where my hammers are. This is where my saw is. Everything stores in its place. The stuff you access the most is the closest to the door. The other things are the furthest away. I say put cabinets in your garage. In my garage, I have 14 foot ceiling. And I, when I moved into this house, I called California Closet Company. And I said, I wanna fill that entire back wall with 24 inch deep enclosed cabinets. By keeping things behind closed doors, it does a couple things. They don't get dirty, dust doesn't settle on them and they get all grungy. You can keep things that could be dangerous for your children and pets behind those doors. You can even put locks in them if there's things that like cleaning solution, paints, thinners, gasoline, whatever that might be. We'll talk about gasoline in a minute, though. You want to be real careful how you store that. For me, I have a couple cabinets that are all car care. So all those towels and things don't get dust on them. Uh, everything stays pristine. Then the things that you don't access but you have to keep you can put up high where you might need a ladder. So that's the more longer term Christmas things, stuff you get out seasonally, tax records and stuff that you have to keep for seven years, but you don't want to store them in your house. I like it, everything behind closed doors. It also has four very large tool cabinets and a very large work surface with extra lighting over that work surface. Plus, you remember me, Christina, from we worked together. I'm kind of a designy guy. My garage looks like a museum. There's all sorts of cool artwork. There's automobilia hanging on the wall. Uh, I used to race cars, so my old racing helmets are part of my wall. You'll see in the, the 
video we're doing here on Zoom, there's a picture over my shoulder of a painting that a listener from my podcast in Russia painted for me. That's me in my car. He actually painted it and sent it to me. It's another room. It's not really a garage. It's a car studio, which is kind of a tribute to my passion for automobiles. Yeah, my, my garage is, as you can expect, kind of special. Earlier, you mentioned the storing of fuel. Tell me about that. Um, I have a generator in my garage that I can wheel out and run my entire house. It runs on gasoline. Gasoline is super dangerous. It's the fumes that'll kill you. Those are the dangerous things. So you want to make sure you store gasoline up off the ground, again, so kids or pets can't knock it over. And a lot of people don't look at their gas cans every year and make sure that they're not old and leaking. The tops are sealed properly because gas is so dangerous. Oh my gosh, you got to be so careful. And especially if you have uh, your hot water heater in your garage where there's a pilot light, people will store gas even on the other side, but those fumes can seep out and those fumes drop down and they, they travel across the garage and they can ignite. Wow, that's so scary and such great advice. I'm taking notes actually. Tell me if you would about how having this space in your garage at home specifically to explore your passion has impacted your life. The impact that garages have made on my life are unmeasurable in many ways. They were a way for me to connect and do things with my children as they were growing up that probably would not have occurred had I not had a garage because I could take them out into the garage and do projects with them, uh, teach them things. In the case of my son, who became a bit of a car guy, uh, we would go out and I taught him how to work on his first car. But mostly it's getting out there with your children. I've only lived in really two homes. I lived down in Southern California for years, then we moved up here and we've been in this house for 26 years. But I, in both cases, I was known as the car guy of the street. So all the guys would migrate when my door was open over to my garage. So for me, it's been a lifestyle because I'm such a car fanatic and it's my room. It's the place I go to be. It's a place I escape to. And even now with my podcast and with the videos I'm doing, it's a place I do some of my work. What an absolute luxury to have that space. I've traveled uh, to Asia, Japan, China, all over Europe. And the one thing that I've noticed is most other countries don't have that kind of space, nor do they dedicate it to the automobile. It's too expensive. They don't really think of cars that way. Now, there are car people all over the world, but especially when you get to a country like Japan, where everything is so compact, to have a garage is a luxury. Now, you know, even in a city, my son lives in San Francisco. To have a garage there is very expensive. That square footage counts as the same as living space. So he doesn't have a garage. He has to park on the street. But when it comes to the United States, we do have this luxury of space. Our homes tend to be built bigger. Most homes that are built have garages attached because we tend to be a country that travels. We love our freedom of getting in our cars and going places. For instance, I use my garage as a video production facility. One of my sponsors is Covercraft. And I shoot videos for them. It's called Car Care Tips with Mark Green. So I use my garage as an actual studio to shoot those videos in. And so I have some pride in that. It has to look good. It has to feel good. When you relate it to most of the world, it is quite luxurious. And that's square footage that, frankly, a lot of people, it's just too expensive. And people just don't 
build garage space like that? I can tell you as a realtor that if a family is looking at homes to buy and there are two homes that they are ultimately choosing between to make an offer, having a fabulous garage can be the difference between them choosing yours or not. I love how Mark said to think of your garage as your studio. What passions might you pursue if one baby step at a time you cleaned and organized, tweaked and addressed lighting? Think of the square footage that would add to your functionality. Real briefly, tell me a little bit about the cars that are actually sitting in your garage. Well, I have a car that I bought 12 years ago. It's a 1987 Porsche Turbo that I affectionately call my orange crush. Only three Porsche turbos were painted in this color. It was a special order color at the factory. It's metallic orange. I have a BMW M3 uh, that's my daily driver, although I don't really go anywhere anymore, so that car doesn't get driven too much, but that's my fun daily driver. And then my wife drives a BMW X5. Used to have a lot more cars, which wouldn't fit in the garage, and motorcycles, which I did store in there. But I decided years ago to just kind of simplify my life. And I sold off a lot of stuff, uh, sold the race cars, sold the other cars, because you have to pay to store them. My garage isn't big enough to keep them. And I just found when I had them stored somewhere else, I didn't go use them very much. You start to realize the importance of simplification and decluttering. It makes me feel lighter almost. It takes a weight off my shoulder. Again, you want to think about how you're going to use it. So my garage has all the amenities for me to go out there and enjoy that space and play with my cars. I can go out there, get away, hide away, do whatever I want. But I do have a sound system and I did have speakers put in the ceiling and I have it connected to my phone for Wi-Fi. So I can just take my phone out there. I click it and I can play whatever music I want. Listen to podcasts like your wonderful podcast, which is fantastic, by the way. It's a functional, usable garage. And over time, it's evolved into a little bit more of a, I'll say a show garage a little bit. We talked about the tile I'm going to be putting in. That room is the largest piece of square footage in most houses. I have a three-car garage. It's actually a little deeper than normal and wider than normal. So it's a very big space. Thankfully, the builder of this home, we bought it new, put all the mechanicals in a mechanical room inside the house. So I don't even have a hot water heater or a forced air unit in my garage. It's a very clean space to start with. So I don't have all that extra mechanical junk that you have to worry about. No matter who ultimately occupies this space, imagine how much more choice they would have. Band practice or wreath making, tinkering under the hood or restoring a vintage vehicle, no matter your dreams, this could be the space that makes it happen for you. Jim Ron said, happiness is not something you postpone for the future. It is something you design for the present. Why not give your garage as much consideration as the rest of your home? And now for questions to ask yourself about your garage space and your reasons. Question number one, what am I hanging on to that I could get rid of in my garage? Simple yet complex. Question number two, what boxes are sitting in my garage that I have never opened since we moved here? Open one box at a time and decide what to do with all of the contents. 
Question number three, Mark recommended thinking of your garage as your studio. What have I always wanted room for that I haven't had the luxury of? And then how might I incorporate this into my garage? Question number four, what is my biggest pet peeve about my garage and can I address it? Get better lighting, get the space heated or cooled, imagine some different flooring or perhaps carpeted mats that might run in between the vehicles, make space for that kiln, or hang up all your street bikes to make room for your accessories and moving around in the space. As a realtor, I've been in so very many homes and I swear to you that I would become a different person in each house based on what the house's assets were and how it speaks to me when I'm there. How is your home suppressing or encouraging different activities? What things might be hobbies that turn into a new path for your life? If you're put into an environment that encouraged something different, that sparked a spark inside your soul, whom might you become? If you haven't listened yet, tune in to episode 10 about who your home is encouraging you to become. It's one of my most favorite, especially if you like to mentally chew on things for a while. Let's deep dive into how your home may be affecting your daily micro decisions and ultimately the direction of your life. If you have a smart home device, you can say play the home space and reason podcast by Apple and easily listen as you tinker under the hood of your car or sort through that box you've been meaning to get to. If you happen to know someone in the market to buy or sell in the greater metro Portland, Oregon area, kindly send them my way. The finest compliment I could ever receive is the confidence of your referral. You can enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast using all the major podcast apps on any mobile device and the Cars Yeah website. You can follow Cars yeah on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. As always, I'll provide a link in the podcast notes. Who do you know that might enjoy an intellectual, positive podcast all about homes and the act of living in them to their best and highest potential? Help me spread the word. If you've got any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Just send me an email at Christina with a K at spaceandreason.com. Thanks for sitting in on this conversation about creating a home that thrives. I'll meet you back here for the next episode. 